That's the kind of polite applause that we love here at MaximumFun.org. <laughs> and you know, I bet with no microphone on them, it's just echo, like so loud, deafening their applause here in our studio environment. Uh, so this is a special donor's bonus episode of nothing <laughs> of all four of our shows I, I, we should just come up with like a max fun title of like fun and around something that's like just oh. whenever you do an event yeah. and record it that's just like a max yeah fun. we should uh, we should come up with a name two days ago yeah uh-huh. while preparing for the show <laughs> Should we introduce ourselves? I'm Jesse Thorne. I'm the host of uh, Bullseye, Jordan, Jesse, Go, and the co-host of Judge John Hodgman. Uh, to my right is Stuart Wellington from uh, the Flophouse. Yep. So I don't need to introduce myself. And next to Jesse is Travis McElroy of a variety of McElroy-based products. And I'm Travis McElroy, and I'm on a bunch of shows. Okay, and I think we're done. <laughs> uh, on the end is Danielle Radford. You know and love her from Tights and Fights on MaximumFun.org. So here's what happened, guys, and I apologize for this. We ran out of ideas for things to do uh, if we hit pledge goals during last year's Max Fun Drive. So I I thought this was planned all along. I know. I said to Bikram, okay, fine. Uh, I don't know. We do a show from the bottom of the Grand Canyon on Burroughs. See, I just assumed you went to the big hopper you have that's labeled Radio Stunts. <laughs> I just have a box that says dumb on it, <laughs> and I pull out a piece of paper. Just like one of those bingo things, just <laughs> roll it until like one of them pops up and it spells something out, and it just spelled out Grand Canyon. Yeah. I should be going, Travis, I should be going to your dad. Didn't your yes. dad do like an entire show from the bottom of a pool or something? He did one where he was frozen in a block of ice. <laughs> that's <laughs> terrible. It was a stunt at a radio, at a car dealership and he had to go through like intense hypnosis beforehand so that he wouldn't get uh, so he wouldn't get claustrophobic also intense training to not you know have to poop while he was in there he was in there for two days wait wait, he was in a block of ice for two days and he wasn't allowed to poop well I mean yeah I think he just didn't eat did uh, he is have... that kind of is that kind of training expensive, or could you say any old podcaster gets done? <laughs> like, let's say you were middle class, like you owned a bar and had a pretty successful podcast. Well, you yeah, know, you were handsome and pretty tall, I guess, and had nice hair. <laughs> yeah, and you were wearing a donkey hat. I mean, let's not get too specific, Jesse. Uh, Come on, Stuart. I want to thank you, by the way, for wearing the donkey hat because God bless you. So here's what happened: <laughs> we talked to this. We found the people who have the burros at the Grand Canyon. We did a lot of research, and by we, I mean my colleague Kira did a lot of research about how you get donkeys at the Grand Canyon. It turns out to be extraordinarily difficult. Yeah, I think we were all under the impression, myself included, that they were just around, and you yeah. would just show up and go, that one. Yeah, all I really She's know- She's the prettiest. I want to ride her. <laughs> Give me your best burrow. Um, and like, all I really knew- You'd be the knew, one that winks. I sincerely, all I really knew was- See, I'd pick, I'd pick- Kind of the smaller one that no one else is picking, but like that that burrow would appreciate it. The sea biscuit <laughs> of burrows. She has a lot of personality and character, and a big bottom. Um, <laughs> so we call this we call the one burrow. There's one burrow company that has like an exclusive burrow license for the Grand Canyon, and we talked to them a little bit, and there were t- there were two major issues. One was you have to take an entire day to go down to the bottom, and then you camp there, and then you take an entire day to go back to the top. That was one. Uh, number two, they did not want us to film their boros. And when we said, well, but it's great publicity, they said, Oprah wrote our bor- boros. We don't need you. That's oh, like literally whoa. what they said to us. Oh, wow. So then we were like, well, maybe we could do a thing where we ride the uh, we ride the rim of the Grand Canyon a little bit for like an hour on the boros. 
and uh, but but by then Danielle was on board, and Danielle was hit by a bus not that long ago. That's kind of a thing. It's yeah, kind of, it's kind of my. I don't know how it became my brand, but my brand became was hit by a bus. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean it's a distinctive feature of your comedy, you know. Uh, my my wife was doing some research when she heard that we were going on this trip, and she was researching borough companies. And then we had about a three-week-long argument where she was saying, I don't think you're healthy enough to ride these burrows. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to go, if you're going to go out some way, might as well you know. go on a burrow. Yeah. I do yeah. think if we're if all four of us are being honest, none of the four of us are healthy enough to – I don't even look at a burrow maybe. Like I did four crunches on Tuesday, and it's Friday and my back still hurts. I think I would be willing to ride a burrow myself, but I don't think a burrow would like having me ride it. <laughs> you are way too tall for a burrow, right? Yeah, yeah I think I would have that. Problem. It would be like a like a push bike, you know, where mm. a little kid, like a toddler puts their legs on either side, and I'd be like, "Let's go, buddy. Let's go, little buddy." Yeah, and, and Jesse was very kind. He sent me a message. He was like, "Hey, so um, they might have a weight restriction on the burrows. Are you sure you're going to be able to ride?" And I was like, "I have slick six slip discs. <laughs> like my juiciness isn't the problem. <laughs> it's the bus that hit me in my stuff." Not happening with the burrows. So we our replacement activity this morning was going to a deer petting zoo? And mm-hmm. listen, I think that doesn't do it justice. Because it was not a deer petting zoo. It was a swarmed by deer zoo. <laughs> yeah. Because deer petting implies that, I don't know, maybe they'll come up to you. And what this was is like, it was it was like a prison a scene in a prison movie where you walk in and they're like fresh meat because <laughs> yeah. all the deer saw that we had cups of feed and they see you coming a mile away and we'll like headbutt you and like Give me food. Like, yeah. Okay. What, what's that Dawn of the Dead where it's in the mall and they're just coming at you? Yeah. I, think that's, I think that movie was called Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like that's definitely like it was as soon as they saw you, they swarmed until they saw like they didn't like the cameras or the microphones. I don't know if they got warrants or like what was happening, but as soon as they saw that boom mic, <laughs> they were done. The And the thing, just like uh, either criminals or zombies, they were very interested in food, but if you actually attempted to pet them, they shied away from you and ran away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're real dicey creatures. Mm-hmm. So think, petting the zoo, I think, is a misnomer. Yeah, but I thought overall, I was pretty impressed with the like the level of respectfulness at the at the petting zoo, considering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and we'll that, be recording all this for our Yelp podcast. For yeah. <laughs> Yelp local businesses. Uh, I also we got kissed by a camel. That was nice. I would say all in all, we're gonna make it sound like they were on display for our enjoyment, but I. Felt like the people there really care about the animals and they were very well taken care of. But that said, they did put a carrot in my mouth so the camel would kiss me. So uh, I don't know how respectful that is. It the was pretty sexy. <laughs> the guys were like putting them in there and the camel was just like, give it to me. All of it. Mom. Um, and then deer ate my dress. Have, <laughs> yeah. we, have we addressed the fact that the camel had the same name as my eldest child? Really? <laughs> that was a little distressing. Yeah, the camel was named Gracie. Oh, see, when you, when you heard the name, were you like, is is my is my daughter here? Yeah, I, I, my daughter's been turned into a camel by some kind of curse. Yeah. Oh no, not again! <laughs> this whole time, I believed her to be a dromedary. <laughs> um, I actually got the camel, t- and I'm not. Look, guys, I didn't, get the camel I, didn't, I didn't bring you guys here to brag to you, okay? <laughs> this is just something that really happened in my life that I need to share with you. I didn't need a carrot to get the camel to kiss me. Mm-hmm. He just needed kind words and a twinkle in his eye. And he had to massage carrot and- juice into his beard. 
Well, by massage carrot juice into my beard, do you mean live a Los Angeles lifestyle? <laughs> what was your favorite? What was the favorite animal that you experienced t- today? Come on, Travis, the donk. I did like the donk, but there was also dogs. There were dogs at the petting zoo for some reason. I was way into it. I was like, yeah, that zebra's great. There's a dog over there. There is something to be said, relatively speaking, for petting an animal that wants you to pet it. Yeah. (laughs) Like all the others, you have to trick them into petting you, into letting you pet it. Well, you also have to trick them into petting you, which I did, to my credit. Um, But you have to trick them into letting letting you pet them. A dog, that's a dog's whole thing. Yeah. A dog. It was great because I had the juxtaposition of meeting the dog at the same time I met the marmoset, and it was like the animal that most wanted you to pet it versus the animal who didn't want anything to do with you whatsoever and would rather that you didn't exist as a species. I have to say, like, literally, so there were wallabies there, mm-hmm. uh, marmosets, you know, parrots, uh what else was there? there was a, the zonkey? Z- there was a zonkey. A zonkey. Yeah. Half donkey, half zebra. That zonkey was dope. He had a big old head. He yeah. did. He did. Have he, big did. Old head. he was like a McElroy. The, the thing <laughs> that amazed me the most was of all the reactions to all these incredible creatures that people could interact with, and I'm not going to call anybody in our audience out specifically, but by far the most excited reaction was afterwards when we were in the gift shop and and the office cat walked by. Yeah. <laughs> Everything ground to a cat. Can I feed the cat? <laughs> they saw animals with the smallest faces. Deer were coming up to them as yeah. though it was Eden and eating straight out yeah. of their hams with their slimy, weird deer mouths. Yeah. And just in the in the gift shop, a single tear running down their face, like. I think it was a tabby. <laughs> the cat rolled over so that they could pet the stomach, and I think three of them fainted. Yeah. <laughs> right now, they're all having... What's the opposite of PTSD? Yeah. <laughs> Acid flashback? Yeah. <laughs> An orgasmic dish of food. <laughs> That's it. I think that is the clinical difference. Um, also, I will say in that gift shop, um, many fantastic gifts one of them was an on-accident fetish cuff, which I was very impressed by. That was for real a fetish cuff. Like, when you say that, you showed it to me. And now I'm, <laughs> I'm sure that none of you guys are engaged in alternative lifestyles. But it's a... It was, it was fully like a four-inch leather wristband with, you know, those rings that you would attach things to. On it. Yeah, to signify you were either owned or an owner. Yeah, and it was just among, like, like there was a salt and pepper shaker holder that was shaped like an ATV. Mm-hmm. Um, some like, mood rings. A lot of things with mooses in them. A nice selection of gendered uh, caution, don't come into Mary's room uh, type posters. Mm-hmm. A best. lot of really cheap crystals. Um, I'm surp- I'm, <laughs> unfortunately, there weren't enough LA people here to kind of get in on that. The best gendered item in the entire store, at least that I saw, I can only speak for what I saw, was like a, you know, like a special things box, like a jewelry box, basically. <laughs> uh, it was wooden, and on the top was written or engraved into it, Boys treasure box. (laughs) (laughs) Boys have treasure. Nice. (laughs) Also, I will say, Stuart, you guys got the, I think, best item, which is just like 
two sexy fucking pigs in a boat. <laughs> Did you get pigs in a boat? I got two sexy pigs in a boat that also happen to be salt and pepper shakers. Oh, yeah. So yeah. they're you functional the and attractive. Reasons? Yeah, but like, wh- okay, when we say one of them is doing the full-on Jeff Goldblum, Burt Reynolds, like, hey, oh, like yeah. one of them like a play, is a presenting. Like a classic playgirl pose. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about it. You it just got to draw on a mustache and you're all set, baby. Uh-huh, and then it's ready for seasoning my dinner. <laughs> I'll just peel the plastic off of the top of my dinner and then <laughs> shake uh, sexy Burt Reynolds pig all over it. Do you think that my children are going to be satisfied with... So my kids want me to bring something back from travel, but... I thought you were going to say from me. Yeah. <laughs> from Travis? From Travis. Here you go. Um, they're big Adventure Zone fans. Have not heard Jordan Jesse go yet, but they're sure they'll try it sometime. Um, but like, okay, so 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 here's my question. They want me to bring something home, and mm-hmm. normally, I'll tell you my backup plan later. But what I I went through the whole gift shop, and you see the things, and you don't want them in your house. I guess. Well, like, mm-hmm. a, like a keychain made out of bullets. So, like, <laughs> Ooh, a, big, a big problem right now is I want to buy the smallest thing available because if I buy the smallest thing available, I will see it the least, uh-huh. essentially. Uh, and it's also the easiest to secretly throw away. Do you also like uh, Do you also like gifts that make a lot of noise? Oh, my God. <laughs> like a drum set or, I, or, or stuff that's easily breakable? Or like a mouth harp? You or something even they heard, can choke on? Stuart, you haven't even heard about Lectricities, <laughs> the uh, dinosaur that's some super nice... Like, the kid whose parents got this for my son Oscar, are this, like, kid is so sweet. The parents are so nice. Uh-huh. And they got this dinosaur that, I swear to God, looks like they bought it at the docks. Uh-huh. Like, like fully. <laughs> it is, like, the most. And it makes this horrifying screeching sound while going, like, v- sort of, like, it's of the quality of those things where a penguin goes down a slide. You know what Hell I'm talking yeah. about? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it like shuffles arrhythmically toward you. But, while but then it makes the sound that goes like, but like also imagine that, but then compressed to like a, a 16 Mbps MP3, then sent back into a wave and then compressed again. <laughs> yeah, chip tunes or something. It is fully like a, a Game Boy would be a dramatic upgrade on the sound quality. <laughs> Of this dinosaur, yeah. So the yes, your the answer to your question is yes. They want things that make noise. My it's my son's favorite toy, and it literally makes my skin crawl every time. <laughs> but I was looking around, and I couldn't find anything that satisfied the two criteria. One of which was something they wanted, and one of which was something that can't be too small because there's a baby in my yeah. house right now. So you can't bring in new, not baby safe things. So like anything smaller than. You know, three inches in like long a and an inch chain. and a half wide. Yeah, exactly. Um, another victim of America's obsession with guns. Um, so, uh, so I gave up, and I'm going to bring home to my children. And tell me if this is terrible. The like collect quote unquote collectible cups that the deer feed came in. <laughs> well, you wash them? Yeah, right? you gotta wash it. What I love about them the most is that it does say the name of the deer farm. And again, like, I actually really like the people that worked at the deer farm. It yeah. seemed like a really nice place. It was much nicer yeah. than I expected. They were very, very sweet. They were very quick to wipe up all of the deer poop because deer, like, have no shame. Yeah. Oh, they're like, big as you're, poopers. Like, you're walking through and they're just like, hey, what's up? They're just spatting like, left and right. They haven't you taken have... that class that Travis's dad took. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you that. Like, you have company. Yeah, Get there's it people together, here. Dear. Okay, so, so, okay, so, 
I like that it says the name of the thing, but the scene on the side, what animal would you... I'm going to... Sir, what's your name? Ben. Hi, Ben. Uh, If you were making a commemorative cup for a deer farm, what animal would you put in the picture on the cup? Um, I mean, deer. Yeah, Ben gets it. There's like seven different animals, none of which are at the deer farm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like here's a raccoon. There's a raccoon. There's a raccoon. And a snake. There's a mermaid. Yeah. There's a griffin. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We forgot to tell you that we tried to book the mermaid farm. Yeah, oh. the mermaid farm. Yeah. I, you know what? They're running low on those like purple bikinis. I only. Buy, I got a card from the aquarium, and it said to only buy wild caught mermaids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, <laughs> it's weird what will send me into a weird panic spiral. But as we were sitting here talking about souvenirs, I just had the thought, oh, no, I bet the gift shop at the hotel will be closed before I get back. And I haven't bought a magnet yet. Okay. And the feeling that overtook me was as if I was falling backwards into the Grand Canyon. <laughs> hi, please don't. No. I, hi, I'm sorry. I am unnecessarily concerned with everyone falling in. I wasn't until my sister sent me a message that said, hey, don't fall into the Grand Canyon. And I went, ha, ha, ha. How would that be possible? And then I got here and I was like, oh shit. There's like no one paying, like there's no one paying attention to the part of the Grand Canyon you can just fall yeah, into. I don't want to get too macabre, but what we are looking at is a giant hole in the ground. Mm-hmm. And there is not a barrier 12 feet high around it. We have a, okay, can I tell you this? We got a park ranger here. Uh-huh. Emily is doing some hard work over there. Uh, I think she's probably helping some young people figure out uh, why we're they, here. Where they're, <laughs> <laughs> why we're ruining no, everything. Podcast, if you no, go to your podcast. Right here, do you mean at the Grand Canyon or in the entertainment industry? <laughs> tomato, tomato? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think she's doing important work, but the work that I can see that she is not doing is preventing people from falling to their death. Yeah, she's because not- 100% anyone here could jump to fall jump fall to their death in an instant. Like I think you could you could slip on a banana peel and be 5000 feet below where we are right now like, in 2 that's seconds. That's why they Everybody- confiscated all my banana peels when yeah. I came into the park. Everybody at home, if you're watching the video, but see not my this turtle wall? shells. That's it. That's yeah. it. That, there's That's not like have. a secret net back there. They didn't like put, a, I don't know, some kind of invisible catch-all in that like, if you fall, you're dead. And they're putting a lot of faith in humanity that I don't have by just letting people come here. Yeah, there's so many people, there's so many people just climbing over the wall. And like, literally, if I don't stand four feet behind the wall, I feel like I'm going to cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if no one here stands at least three feet behind the wall... I start saying stuff, which is bad. I am a killjoy. Every time someone's, I was, (laughs) Travis um, is very daring and got over the other side of the wall. And I was like, hey, um, I really like you, but I like you better when you're on this side of the wall. So I I came back over because that's called friendship. That's what I, look, I just, I'm your mom and there's nothing I can do about it. (laughs) (laughs) This is how I find out. Okay, but straight up, it is lovely. The Grand Canyon, it's great. Highly recommend. Four out of five. Here's here's a sub-question. This is about my brother-in-law that was a park ranger. Sure. My sister-in-law and brother-in-law have been (laughs) together. What kind of gloves you should buy him? Yeah. (laughs) My sister-in-law and brother-in-law have been together for a long time. He's a wonderful guy. His name is Max. My sister-in-law's name is Fran. Now, for a time, Fran would refer to him as my ranger. Uh Now, he was literally... He was literally a park ranger. Uh-huh. And, you know, he's uh, arrested people and shot threatening bears 
and uh, <sighs> climbed up mountains after uh, evildoers. All kind. Of, he's probably supervised dumb podcast tapings. <laughs> Someone has to. Um, he's done all these things. He is a real now former park ranger. How does he feel about the movie Cliffhanger? He's probably super stoked <laughs> about it. Right? Probably really into it, right? And okay. that game Firewatch, maybe. So oh, is there a yeah. question here, or are we just like selling us on him? No. My yeah, brother, I'll take him, I guess. My brother-in-law is a great guy. The question is: Is it ever acceptable? To refer to your partner, your romantic partner, as your ranger. Yes. Yeah. You, know, you say yes. Yes. I would say whatever you want to, whatever you want to call them. To, and to I'm get not it talking going. about. I'm not talking about in the intimacy of no, you their marital bed. Son, right there. Okay. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not talking about in a romantic, two a two person context. You know, at a beautiful French restaurant. With a violin playing and a mm-hmm. single candle Ma and a Chianti bottle and other various mixed metaphors uh-huh. of interior design of a restaurant. Um, I'm talking about to me. Like, is it appropriate for oh, I see. Fran to say to me... To speak in the oh, third person. Oh, that's my ranger. Uh, nope. <laughs> yeah, okay. You know, no, that's like a couple that calls each other, like, like where the woman's like... Okay, Daddy. Like that's oh, fine. Yeah. You can look. That's that is what do you, you know do. What really sucks. But like, you can't do that in front of other people. What you sucks? can't be like, my Daddy said, no, no, thank you. I'm good. I don't need to be involved. I'm just. In that. I'm sick of this PC culture telling me I can't <laughs> call people Daddy or Ranger. Now that now that we have a baby and we're trying to teach her words, like. Teresa and I do refer to each other as mommy and daddy. Like, where's mommy and where's daddy? Because we're trying to teach Bibi how to say words. And then, like, that's fine at home. And then yeah. sometimes you're out at places and you'll be doing it and suddenly get very self-aware. Mm-hmm. Does anybody? Like, does uh, anyone here? She's also children? never like, where's dad? There's one daddy. here. There's one parent here. Did you have this experience where you think you can resist calling your partner mommy or daddy or whatever? Uh, and then, like, six months in, or, well, I guess I can't really, you're around hearing words, right? Like, yeah, 12 or 18 months. Yeah, for me, it was months. like a year where the kid wouldn't be in the room, and I'd be like, hey, mommy, can you, mm, mm, sorry, oh, this is weird. And then, and then there comes a point, I don't know, that you probably haven't gotten to this point, but I have three children. Uh, so I've been a parent for six and a half years, and at this point, I'm ready to do it like I'm ready to like call in to a slow jam station and dedicate it to mommy from Mount Washington. <laughs> like, that, that's how freely I call my wife mommy. I'm not quite there yet, yeah, but I do you, now have this thing where like we'll be playing children's music. And there's a video, Busy Beaver videos, where they like count and do colors and shapes and whatnot. And sometimes uh, BB will come and sit in my office with me for a little bit while Teresa needs to get stuff done. And then BB will leave, and I will realize mm, about 45 minutes later that that video's just been like playing in my office. <laughs> no baby in there, but just me practicing my shapes. <laughs> well, just be careful googling that uh, Busy Beaver video yeah. series. Be very specific. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, put on your put on your um your filters. I think um as long as like look, as long as your children are young, it only gets creepy when you not to be hack, but it's true. It only gets creepy when you get to like Mike Pence age where he's mm-hmm. still calling his wife mother and it's like you're fucking 80. Yeah. Or however old he is. His soul is 80. I don't know how old his bo- his earthly he body is. He doesn't have a soul. <laughs> his soul is 135,000 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, w- and it corrupts whatever body he comes into mm-hmm. when he comes upon this world to inflict its darkness on it's him. He does, literally... Mike Pence does look like uh, somebody said, give me the white guy. 
It's it's literally only okay if Mike Pence calls his wife mother because he's doing a bit where he's like catcalling her. <laughs> if he's doing like some bit, mother. <laughs> or if he's just singing the or song, if he, yeah, mother. If he's in a dancing hey, cover no, band. No, no, way. Oh, there's nothing better than Mike seeing. Would, would, I think Mike Pence would be in a uh, Danzig cover band, don't you think? I mean, I think it's a politics cover probably mm. line up. I love watching Danzig go into my local uh, Rite Aid. <laughs> <laughs> he goes there all the time. It's fantastic. I saw it's Danzig. such a specific thing to enjoy. <laughs> I saw Glenn Danzig on his front lawn one time just looking confused. <laughs> his lawn is so sad and <laughs> yeah. weird. He has a weird... And dead. He has exactly the house you think he would have. Like, the, truly, I've lived in Los Angeles for 12 12 years and I have seen none celebrities I saw Common once besides Common I've never seen a celebrity outside of Star like, of Smoking Aces Common oh god we were talking about Smoking Aces in the car for some reason <laughs> for like apparently Common is the best part of Smoking Aces yeah hands down anyway uh, Taraji is number we're getting an enthusiastic nod from Ben yeah confirmed mm-hmm. the Aces were pretty good but um, and uh, well, that's it's Buddy Aces, and it's played by Jeremy Piven. He was the worst part of the movie. But like the first time I no, visited, now that I think about it, what is the worst part of Smoking Aces? Okay, don't mm. be don't be ableist. Jeremy Piven was dealing with his mercury poisoning at the time. It's literally just the end of it. The end of it where Channing Tatum has to make a decision. I'm not going to spoil. Look, it is Channing Tatum. I'm not. Why are we still talking about Smoking spoil. Aces? I'm not going to. This spoil. is what happened in the car. This is exactly what it's just someone said smoking or aces <laughs> yeah. or the word movie. Yeah. And then somebody smelled too. smoke and it triggered a sense Alicia of memory. Alicia Keys is in it and she's real oh hot. Oh my gosh, you're right. Oh, I need to rewatch Smoking Aces. Let's we're, go. We're probably going to watch Smoking Aces tonight when we. How big a projector do you think we would need to just like get it out there? Swizz Beats retweeted me one time, and I was like, oh, it's on. I'm friends with Swizz Beats and Alicia Keys right now. Like, I'm about to go see their Basquiat's. And I conducted, like, an organized, long-running campaign to try and get Swizz Beats to be my internet friend and failed to say thoroughly does not even begin to describe the amount that I failed. Like, I did not get even – I think I I think it was like an eight-point plan. To yeah, was there Swiss like a beats. flow chart? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you bet. You. There was like a – I had my entire bedroom wall was just one picture of Swizz Beats pinned to it, <laughs> one picture of Alicia Keys pinned to it, one picture of their Basquiat's pinned to it, and then me down at the bottom with just a bunch of yarn <laughs> <laughs> going here and there. Different ways I could become friends with them in their Basquiat's and their <laughs> uh, whatever, their penthouse in New York. Um, yeah, anyway. So when are we going to start the show? Yeah, we should probably start the show. Okay, I have a, I have a sincere question for you, um, which is this. What is, and we can start with Danielle. What is your relationship with uh, America's National Parks and Wonders? Um, I lost hey. my virginity in a park. It wasn't a national one, though. <laughs> it lacks the prestige you yeah, it was more of a it was more of a neighborhood park, but the feeling was the same right okay <laughs> sure. okay was it nighttime? Yeah, it was nighttime. Oh wow, paint the picture, get, everybody. Things get smooth on the slide at nighttime, you guys. I don't know if you've ever been. <sighs> Wait, on the way down the slide? <laughs> well, I was. It was a I water was park. Five foot eight at the time, so it's. I'm the whole slide. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. It was like a it was like a toddler slide. 
No, it was like a regular, like a person slide. Like a, like a grade school slide? Wait, yeah, were you slide. You know that slides are for children in general, right? When you say a person slide. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But I was, but I was five foot eight, so no. I was like. Not a cat slide. This is more of like a slide for our elders. <laughs> <laughs> for the greatest generation. Well, that's what we do now. Um, you know how they have all those things where you can teach uh, elders how to use the computer. Now we're teaching them how to use slides. No. Yes. Um, my, I think that this uh, national park. And maybe uh, Smoky Mountain I've been to. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's the one? Joshua Tree mm-hmm. I've been to. And Joshua Tree is a weird one because it's all the same, but then suddenly on the road, there's a stand asking you for money to go farther into it. <laughs> so, oh. like, you can look and yeah. see everything, but then it's like, but if you want to drive 10 more feet, it is going to be 30 bucks. Oh, I guess I also did work in Denali National Park and lived in Aspen. That's probably what you were. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I what lived kind, in parks. What, wait, what kind of work did you do in Denali National Park? Gift shop, baby. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, selling moose in collegiate sweaters. What's the big What's the big seller in Denali National Park? Moose in collegiate sweaters. Wait, is the moose on a collegiate sweater or the moose is in a collegiate sweater? It, it, yeah, you take a moose, a stuffed animal, and then you put it in a oh, sweater. Oh, not a taxidermied one. So, no. it, but, there's okay. a, but the sweater says, right. like, UCLA on it, or it says... Or whatever you want it to be. It It'd says, be like, oh, my... And then the people who come horns. in, and they would be like... Cause People come all over to Alaska. They love it. And they're like, oh, my God, that moose went to college. It's such a smart moose. Why were you in Alaska to begin with? I followed a boy. Don't do it. Okay. I was in my 20s. Don't do it. Don't you know who I would follow to Alaska? The female lead from Northern Exposure. I don't remember what her name is, but. I would follow John Roderick. I think he oh, he yeah, didn't need to true. live in Alaska. Yeah, he's an Alaskan. He's a he was born and raised in Alaska. I, I think, think he could show me all the cool spots. <sighs> yeah, that there's would a be... pun in there. Probably... It's Alaska, it's cold. You know what? Okay, don't worry about it. Let's be honest. I would probably follow Rob Morrow from uh, <laughs> Northern Exposure to Alaska yeah. too. Guy's a charmer. Yeah, yeah. He's got do you a know, certain do you know the other actors from <laughs> Northern Exposure? Kyle McLaughlin. I would follow. <laughs> what? Oh, I will follow Kyle. That guy who played the old astronaut guy. I would follow him. <laughs> There's lots of people I'd follow to Alaska. I'd follow that moose from the opening oh, credits. Oh, I would follow You'd that. You'd follow that, that fellow from My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Oh, yeah. He ran the local radio station. Yes, he did. I would also follow um, Joey Fatone from My Big Fat Greek Wedding mm-hmm. <laughs> in okay. Northern Exposure. I thought were suggesting that Joey Fatone was a cast member of Northern Exposure. I was about to have to do a full series rewatch. Before his later success as a boy band singer. I know that Kyle, was Kyle McLaughlin in? I don't think he was. No, I don't think he I was. I knew he wasn't. I'm just saying I would follow him okay. and I would also follow the guy who played the Mountie in who, Due South. Who would you follow? Who would you follow to Alaska from the cast of Saint Elsewhere? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, who played the little kid, Tommy Westfall? <laughs> yeah, there yes. you go. Uh, did we just incorporate ourselves into oh, that God. extended oh, no, television we're in the universe? universe. Um, okay, so he just sits there, staring into the Grand Canyon you, all day. How long did you live in Alaska? Um, I did Alaska for a summer, and then I did Aspen for two winters. Um, so I got to see a lot of Aurora Borealis. Um, my boyfriend at the time, this is fine. My boyfriend at the time cheated on me. So I made him um, buy me a Kobe um, topaz, which was the Aurora Borealis topaz. It's very pretty. I still have it. I thought you were going to say a Kobe steak. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Kobe Bryant. Man, buy Kobe Bryant. It was weird. Watch me um, eat do it. Not buy, here's, here's one thing. If you're ever on like one of those cruises to Alaska or going up to Denali National Park, don't get the fish. You'll think that you can because you're like, Alaska's known for fish. But the path of fish is Alaska, Seattle, 
to get processed and then back up to those other places. Oh, wow. So that fish is like not fresh. That's a pro tip, folks. You just she just oh, dropped wow. a knowledge that bomb made on your you. Donation yeah. totally worth it. Um, and I also got my boobs touched by some randy Japanese businessmen. What? Wow. That's an outrage. They you came too? In, yeah, they came in mega wasted and I was working and to be fair, I was where I was busting out of the top that they had for me. That's not fair. Um but yeah, yeah, they need fair. no fairness. It's not fair. But they Don't came in the and they were like making gestures at me about I think it was just spring break syndrome. They were making gestures about how big my boobs so were. So you're suggesting that these Japanese businessmen were on spring break? Yes. <laughs> spring break! Um, and their time it. And so they were, well, they, they were getting wasted. And then, like, I was showing them one of those, like, you know, those crystals where you put the base underneath and it lights it up? Oh, yeah. Like those uh, glass one of those, things. like, salt rock things? Yeah, yeah. And so you put the base underneath and it lights it up and it's, like, etched into it. And they call it a crystal, but it's just, like, glass. Um, so they were, they asked me to go get one of those. And when I bent over, one of the dudes hit me on the butt. And so I left and called security, and then they followed them back to their hotel room. And the dude who hit me on the butt immediately locked himself in the bathroom and then shat his pants because he was so nervous <laughs> from the police. So there. <laughs> what a the day. The perfect crime. And so they asked me if I wanted to press charges, and I was like, because they were like, if you press charges, like, you can. You're welcome to. But just know that, like, they are leaving back home tomorrow, and if you do that, we have to, like, take their passports. It'll be a month before they get home, blah, blah, blah. And I thought about doing it, and then the dude was like, just so you know, the dude that hit you on the ass got so nervous, he shat his pants in public. And I was so like, you're saying he, that's he's already, enough. Yeah, he's already paid his, his debt to that society. Was, I was also younger. At the, and now I'm like fire and brimstone. I might have been like, yeah, fuck you and your passport. But like at the time I was definitely like, yeah, no, he shed his pants in front of all of his colleagues. Can we, by the way, there's probably children here. Can we talk about shitting pants without using the F word? <laughs> <laughs> So this is the show? <laughs> Stuart, what's your experience with yeah. with national parks? With St. Elsewhere, the show? I don't know it, actually. Uh, where, what's a good jumping on point? <laughs> you got to start uh, at the beginning, my man. Uh, let's like see. Well, I've been to this one. Uh, have Is Jellystone one? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Well, I haven't been there either. Well, you also can't count the Flintstones <laughs> campground that's near here. Okay. Well, I think uh, I don't, don't know who made you the referee. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Fred Flintstone. Uh, I, I've been to Yosemite mm -hmm. um, and probably others. And you, you might know have what? met my ranger while you were there. <laughs> oh, uh, that sounds great. You haven't been to Smoky Mountain? It seems like you've been to Smoky Mountain. Where's... The Smoky Mountains. Nashville, Tennessee. No, I've not been to Nashville, oh. Tennessee. Should I, Travis? You should. Go down there. Gatlinburg. It's rebuilding now because they had a big forest fire there. But yes. Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge are uh, one of my favorite vacation destinations in America. There you go. Okay, Wonderful guys. cabins. Dollywood is there. I was about to say, have you guys been to Dollywood? I Hell yeah. I, don't know. Well, I would. Nashville, the TV show, is one of my favorite TV shows. Yeah. So I would absolutely go. Do you still watch it? Didn't they get rid of all the Yeah, I stopped because it, it made me too sad because I can't. Look, like not to spoil it, but um, someone very important with great hair dies, and I was not Powers able to. Booth's character. <laughs> Powers Booth's character was amazing, by the way. Oh man, um, what a great name, Powers Booth. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't just luck into a name like that. You got to earn it. the The last time I was here was on a road trip with my dad when I was eleven. Okay. Uh, maybe no, maybe I was thirteen. I was thirteen. Well, which that's changing your story already. That's exactly <laughs> when you want to go on a road trip with your dad. If you're uh -huh. wondering, thirteen, it's just the perfect point because you're just insolent enough 
uh, but powerless enough to really cause a lot of problems the whole time. Um, and yeah, like I feel like I, I previously had associated the Grand Canyon strictly with adolescent angst. Um, and now I associate it with a sick feeling in the pit of my stomach that makes me wonder if I have vertigo. I'm loving it. I'm, I'm enjoying the breathtaking vistas. Is this your first time here? I am. I, I was talking beforehand with some of our wonderful guests. Uh, and it, did I say I am? In person? Don't worry about it. I am. Yeah, just keep going, much man. Much like Jesus. And, he is, he said. Um, it, but it, it looks, and I don't know if this comes across in the thing, it looks like a painted backdrop for a movie because it's so distant and perfect looking. Yeah, and it, it rained last night too, so it is as clear as it could possibly be. And there's just like a little bit of like, like shadow and light and haze and everything. It I, looks too picturesque to be real. Can I tell you guys a story that's related to the fact that when I looked around, I at first thought it was breathtakingly beautiful, and then kind of wanted to cry because I was scared I was going to fall in. Um, one time, I you know uh, celebrity. Uh, celebrity joke ruiner Neil deGrasse Tyson mm -hmm. <laughs> sure. slash brilliant science genius uh -huh. and science educator but uh, mostly guy who's mad about something that happened in a movie um, I had I interviewed him once for Bullseye and I was genuinely looking forward to it uh, because you know America has probably no greater science educator really remarkable guy even even taking to, into account the vests he, uh, he bought my uncle's apartment <laughs> right out from under him. <laughs> Get out of here, Stuart. Neil deGrasse Tyson is a ruthless, a ruthless landlord. <laughs> so at one point I'm talking to Neil deGrasse Tyson, and Neil deGrasse Tyson is a, what is it called? He's not an astrophysicist. It's like a cosmologist or something like that. Astrologist. Yeah, he's an astrologer. <laughs> um, and uh, I, was, I was asking him about the vastness of space. And I, was ever, I said to him, when you're thinking about the infinite expanse of space, uh, does it ever make you feel scared? Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is going to be, I had thought about that. I was, cause I was thinking about it as I was prepping for this interview. I'm like, this is going to be a beautiful moment in my conversation with Neil deGrasse Tyson, where I connect with America's greatest science educator about the true majesty of God's creation. You know, like the true, true, how truly remarkable our universe really is. Mm -hmm. You know, he made fun of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Did he make fun of you for calling it God's creation? <laughs> yeah. He basically, like, he basically all but taunted me <laughs> on my own show. I was like, no, dude, I was trying to show you my heart just now, Neil deGrasse Tyson. And then he ate it with his mouth. Because this whole time I could have been talking about your vests and I wasn't. So let's Look, not bring out the guns, okay? Dude, he destroyed Pluto. Your heart is nothing. <laughs> That's fair. That is very fair. <laughs> But it is, like, honestly, like, to me, I think as a city kid. Stuart, did you grow up in New York? I did not. I grew up in Fort Wayne, Indiana, Jesse. Okay. Is, oh, hell yeah. You grew, did you grow up in Seattle in Seattle? Um, I grew up in Seattle, but I also had some time in Indianapolis. What Whoa, a nap town. I grew up in uh -oh. the very metropolitan Huntington, West Virginia, so I'm kind of a city kid, too, um, I guess. But, like, I think as a city kid, like, when I went away to college in Santa Cruz, which has beautiful redwood forests, including the campus, I was always creeped out by the redwood forest. In the same way that, like, people are upset by the fear that someone is going to mug them, mm. I'm completely unafraid of anyone mugging me. Uh, like, I, will, I would go in any situation and be like, no, I'm commanding the situation. My head is up. My eyes are out. Like, I'm Talk projecting about privilege what, you know, whatever here. it is, you know? But, like, is that because you're nine feet tall? But, like, <laughs> trees? Yeah. 
terrified. Are you me. worried that they're ants? I was like, they were just like, <laughs> they just loom. That's how everyone feels talking to you all the time. No, I'm just kidding. You're great. No, that's just a joke. That's just yeah. a canyon joke. Yeah. <laughs> just a canyon jape. You know what? I hate canyon humor. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is BC culture is killing canyon humor. <laughs> okay. Um, so we asked Max Fun uh, listeners. Uh-huh. Since this is for Max Fun listeners, uh, to add, to give us their questions about America's national parks and wonders. Now, I think we've established by this point that each of us, in our own way, is one of the world's greatest experts on that subject. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we're pretty well prepared to give some really great answers. Does that sound okay to you guys? Yes. Sounds good. Okay, so our first question... They don't have names attached to them, unfortunately, but the, we'll the first question is, okay, this one's from... Raul. Raul in Alamogordo. Okay. What national park are you? <laughs> Stuart, what national park would you say you are? Well, that's going to require me to ask a question in return. Mm-hmm. Uh, are the Everglades a national park? Probably. Then I'm that one. Yeah. Because I'm... You know, a little bit dirty and full of crocodiles. <laughs> and sometimes See I catch on fire. <laughs> what's a famous, what's a old faithful? What's that, in Yellowstone? That's in Yellowstone. I'm that. You're that one? I'm going to say. Because I one, drink a lot of water. <laughs> is there one, is the Badlands? Is that one? Yep. I'm the Badlands. Because how cool is that sound? That sounds yeah. pretty cool, actually. Jimmy okay. Badlands. <laughs> I'm a detective and I don't play by the rules, and I'm also a national park. Uh, guys, Hi, I'm, I'm Jesse Thorne here with Jimmy Badlands, Frontier <laughs> Detective. Guys, is it too late for me to change my answer to the Badlands? <laughs> too late. I already claimed it. Mean, I kind of went first, so I think now. it's kind of okay. Um, Bad yeah, news, I... we already changed you to Lake Titicaca. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. It's not even in America. Um, I, yeah, I think I'm just the Grand Canyon because I'm, like, bottom-heavy. Well, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, here's our next question. <laughs> and you terrify Jesse, apparently. <laughs> I'm too majestic. <laughs> what would be the best song to hear at the Grand Canyon? Okay, now, question. Is this, like, emanating from the Grand Canyon as if it were a giant speaker or just, like, as I was walking up, it was on my phone? My first thought is, if the Grand Canyon were a wedding band, uh-huh. what <laughs> band would they specialize in covering? Uh-huh. What would be its big closer? Um, I'm going to have to say, just because I like this song whenever they use it dramatically in movies to, like, signify something, like, cool is about to happen. I'm going to say Thunderstruck. Thunderstruck. Uh, that's not bad. Wow, that's impressive. I'd have probably have Kenny Loggins write an original, ideally. Uh-huh. Yeah, ideally, of I would have Kenny Loggins write an original. I'd say I got a hot new artist. Would you try to get Messina in there, too? or No. Messina can stick it in his ear. Do <laughs> <laughs> um, you I, like I this new, new, new thing I'm doing where I'm pro-Loggins and anti-Messina? <laughs> Hardline yeah. Messina. I'm also either. pro-Hall and anti-Oats. Whoa. Oh, wow. yeah. I mean, that's... Not that unconfident, <laughs> I guess. How are you on time, and or oats? One time I had Dar- one time I had Daryl Hall on uh, Bullseye, and uh, uh-huh. there was this part where he talked about how uh, John Oates. He's like, you know, a lot of people don't realize this, but he's a really great rhythm guitarist, one of the best. <laughs> and I was like, that's the best you can do about your lifelong business partner. He's a great rhythm guitarist. <laughs> um, I already just- had mine. I picked it out when we first got here. 
Um, and it goes a little something like this. You're the red, white, and blue. Oh, the funny thing you do. America, America, this is you. And that's great because it's both like, ha, America, but also it can play as people fall into the canyon. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Boy, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Guys. Wow. Mine is definitely uh, Mother by Danzig. <laughs> oh, cool. Because yeah, my if you ask fan. me. <laughs> the Grand Canyon totally rocks. <laughs> awesome, I let's can't talk about turn drugs. this around. If your friends <laughs> offer you drugs, they're not your friends. <laughs> okay, when the Super did Bowl... Say his? Did Stuart, did you pick one? I mean, mine is the song I use for any special occasion, and that's uh, In a Big Country by the band Big Country off yeah. their album Big Country. Oh, oh that's nice. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> I'm picturing you and Charlene walking down the aisle. <laughs> no, we walked down to the aisle to a uh, um, med- uh, like a medley mashup thing of uh, "Here Comes the Bride" and "Tush" by ZZ Top. <laughs> <laughs> okay, when the super volcano blows, which park will be the safest to live off the grid and start a new civilization? Uh, I don't know if it, some people might say Yucca Mountain. Yucca Mountain, I don't know if it's a national park. I know, I think it's a state park. Yucca Mountain supposedly has, um, like, a whole, I think it has a whole bunker underneath it that was set up in the 70s that has, like, uh, Is this in uh, West Virginia? No, Yucca Mountain, I think, Isn't is it in Nevada. Yucca? Where is what the one eating? Green, uh, Greenbrier is the one you're thinking of in West Virginia. That is like it had. So in the Greenbrier Resort, there was built a, a second Congress, a second Senate, um, and it was the backup government for if there was some kind of uh, nuclear issue or something where people needed to flee D.C. And it was that for like 20 years. Like to be to be clear, though, Travis, when you say there was built a second Congress, you mean that they sent they built a second venue for Congress. Yes, they didn't build a there robotic was not a army. No, they just of elderly they, white men. They just had forty elderly white men in there just waiting. Like, <laughs> you need us yet? Okay. And then it, and it was there forever. And the the cover for it was it was behind a door that was marked uh, that was in like this line of shops, and the door was a television repair shop. And eventually, it got to the point where somebody said. I don't think that is a television repair shop. And too many questions got asked, and now it's like part of the tour of the thing. But that is a, a good example of, uh, I think, you could go to the Greenbrier. Uh, you could go to Yucca Mountain. Uh, Smokies is probably a good call because it's very verdant and lush. You would probably not want to do, like, Joshua Tree because there's not enough there to survive. Um, there is uh, – I know too much about this. Sorry, go on. Yeah. I did. I did a podcast well, for a long time called Bunker Buddies, where we well, talked about the apocalypse. You're fr- you're you're originally you're originally from West Virginia, though you live in Cincinnati now. Uh-huh. And the only time that I have been in West Virginia was to visit my wife's. No, my let's see, my mother's. My brother's from Washington D.C., and she had some friends in the '60s that moved to West Virginia to open a commune. Mm-hmm. That tracks. And I went to visit them. The commune's called the Rocks. And they cool. pointed out to me where the president lives in a case of nuclear apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And then they told me all about how NutraSweet controls your mind. Both of those are true. Uh, the great <laughs> part about this was that this commune, uh, they had a farm, you know, and they had farm animals and all that different kind of stuff. But the thing that economically sustained this commune was one of the guys in the commune uh, in like 1983, he invented the chip that plays a song when you open a greeting card. <laughs> oh, wow. 
And like that was like there was thirty hippies living on that indefinitely. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. I know that's living right, right? Right. What what national park are you headed to, and when the super volcano hits, Daniel? Um, Central Park. Yeah. Um, because it's right next to Central Park, so you can go get some coffee and maybe also meet some new best friends. Do we have confirmation? Ross and mutated Rachel. Do we have confirmation that Central Park is by Central Park? Uh, Central Perk. Um, it seems like the real estate would be expensive is why I mentioned I it. think in I, by now there has to have been someone who was like yeah we're Central Perk now. Yeah, maybe We were just a coffee shop. We were a Starbucks but now we're Central Perk. It would be great if it was like the coffee shop in the Guggenheim. <laughs> <laughs> They're like yeah and we'll friends theme it. Yeah. yeah they just put a couch there. Hello Mr. Lloyd Wright. <laughs> the ghost of Frank Lloyd Wright. I guess like in my, uh, in my We have some additions to make to your building sir. <laughs> In my imagination, it just becomes like everything's um, aerated. So it's like um, the couch becomes cherry. The couch from um, oh, from yeah, Pee-wee's yeah. Playhouse. From Pee-wee's Playhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. That's cool. Like the, that. the, That's uh, where you hang out. The radioactive lava is going to make a couch into cherry. Did everybody get that <laughs> yes. part? Yep. Okay. And we're on it. We're all on the same just page. Just filling in backstory. <laughs> It sounds pretty good. I mean, I, I'm with you on Central Park. I'm sold on that. Uh, that's definitely one of our national parks. 100% yeah, certain of that Yeah, it's definitely a national park. <laughs> and no one can tell me it's not because they would be wrong. And don't tell me because you're wrong. And what's cool about it, to my mind, is like when you have a nuclear apocalypse, what's the first thing you're looking for? Your friends. Now, hold on. No. Hold <laughs> on. No. <laughs> hold on. No. It's little tiny sailboats. Yeah. <laughs> so you're covered. If you're at Yellowstone, there's no little tiny sailboats there. Well, and if there are, you wouldn't know where. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You would be blown boats? up by the super volcano. Where's the, the super volcano is in Yellowstone, right? Yeah. So I can't tell you what the right answer is, but I can definitely tell you what the wrong answer is. <laughs> what is the largest animal that lives in the national parks that you could beat in a fight? Man. <laughs> <laughs> the most dangerous game. I don't think I could beat man in a fight. I'm going to be frank with you. I don't think I could even beat one of these adolescents over here in a fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Although no, now Jesse's sizing them all up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which one looks weakest? Um, there was like that potbelly pig when we went to the farm, right? I feel mm-hmm. like they are very smart, though. Yeah, having they set up traps. Having had a <laughs> no, they, they would they would just throw up like a bunch of like, ooh, it's the first appearance of Storm in X Men. I'd be like giant size X Men one, and it just trapped me. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you for real. I babysat my wife's cousin's potbellied pig one time, and it bit the shit out of me. <laughs> okay, fair point. <laughs> Stuart, what animal would it you fight? It had stolen a baby from another <laughs> sure, family. That so. makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so my initial response would be some kind of a bird, but birds are scary, and a lot of times their hands are filled with little knives. Yeah. Um, so That's I don't a good think point. Wait, what? Be... Yeah, well, birds are just carrying okay, knives. Do you need me to recap this for you? Birds are scary, and a lot of times their hands are full of little knives. But, okay, are but you that happy? last part where you lost me. Birds are scary, and a lot of times they're. But where did they get the knives? They were given to them by 
God, dude. Uh, and I know that birds also have it. Thank you. Thank you, Joseph. <laughs> birds have a tendency to go directly for your, what is it, your liver? Does anybody yeah. know about I Prometheus? What? Are you thinking of Prometheus? Yeah, yeah, you roll this rock up an entire mountain, and you're like, great, I'm done. That's a different <laughs> I finally finished rolling this. That is Sisyphus. And then with the, the, the little hands... They come right at you. Yeah. <laughs> Prometheus, With their knives. Uh, Straight uh, for the liver. Prometheus for fire. And so now he's got like dudes like, in the, to paraphrase Paula Poundstone, poking at you, poking at you, um, just poking at his little liver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I could take a deer. And then there was that part where the I giant pale though. alien guy got in a fight with a squid alien in Prometheus. Different That's Prometheus. what we're talking about. <laughs> wait I think, a minute. I think, and wait I think a minute. They were fighting, but I think they were kind of into minute. each other. Number one, that's from the Odyssey. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it hurts my heart. Um, I think I could, if, I, if I found a deer, like a buck with antlers, I think I could take it. Because I would just have to, if I could get you in there and grab those handle? antlers, what's it going to do? I've got its antlers. It's gonna kick you, dude. <laughs> it's gonna try to kick me, but I'm just gonna like, like you will put your hand on like the forehead like of a, a small a, kid, of a small child that's attacking yeah, you in a cartoon. Yeah, just hold its antlers and it'll be like specifically a small <laughs> child in a cartoon. I've done it to Griffin before. <laughs> <laughs> Not recently, mind you, but way back in the day. I mean, I think I could probably take a Roadrunner. I know they seem fast and smart, <laughs> but I have this plan, and I put all this money into Acme equipment. Right. <laughs> I think it's, I'm due, you know, I'm due for a win. I feel like, to some extent, I think I could take, like, a, like a woodchuck or a groundhog, yeah. but I, I think they carry the plague. The armadillo do. And I you... don't have one of those uh, giant leather cone masks. You guys no, don't know what no, plague doctors wear. Yeah, 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 it's the same mask. thing that for those of you who like wrestling, it's the same plague mask that they wore for Bray Wyatt's entrance in WrestleMania 34 WrestleMania. Okay, bye. So we learned another thing Ladies today, and gentlemen, guys. she's the host of Tights and Fights. <laughs> what can I say? We knew what? we were going to get into this at some point. I'm trying so hard not to. She's you like, oh, no he's going to say common at some time. And <laughs> At I'm some like point, twitching. plague masks are going to come up. I'm twitching waiting to talk about wrestling. I just want to talk about Andre the Giant. If we're going to talk about wrestling, it's going to be all Andre the Giant. He was giant. What animals <laughs> in a national park do you think Andre the Giant could have took? All of them. All of them. Like at once? or yes. Yeah. Serially? Or like in a kung fu movie style where they encircle him but then only attack yeah. him one yeah, at a time? Yeah, they fight him honorably no, and then, Well, no, and then they all get him at once, and then he does that thing where he dramatically oh, yeah. lifts up and they, up go and they flying all go off. flying. There would also definitely be a point where he'd like pick a deer up and throw it into four other animals, and they would all go back. Because that's, listen, if you're fighting a bunch of animals all at once, that's the key. Use the animals against each other. Yeah, his major injury came from someone else trying to lift him and fucking it up, so... Oh wow! Hey guys, this is Stuart from Max Fun. Just want to let you guys know that uh, we're not uh, we're not suggesting that anybody hurt an animal or attack one in any way. <laughs> okay, let's get back to the fun. <laughs> that, this question will follow that up nicely. <laughs> what should we do with all the snakes in the Everglades? That's an interesting question. Now you're a biologist, Stuart. I can yep. tell because you're wearing a donkey hat. Technically a herpetologist. <laughs> okay, good. Um, that but, is what all your beer koozies say. <laughs> <laughs> Technically a herpetologist. <laughs> I don't know what the joke is, but Stuart always laughs at it. Uh, if you go to the University of the Bahamas, uh, they all just have you get issued a, a koozie that says, says technically. technically a dental assistant, technically a herpetologist. 
Um, so what do you say? What do you, what do we do with all the snakes in the Everglades? I mean, I think my first impulse is uh, to teach them how to form their bodies so that they can make words. Mm-hmm. So they can do some like we could do some kind of like reverse sky writing. I would call or it, like I would a call Coco it the gorilla thing. Oh, okay. Like where we fall in love with uh, the snakes and then we get them their own little uh, kitten. Teach yep. them. And then there's a children's book and a get National those Geographic. A <laughs> yeah. Show them all uh, the snakes that they can be inside. <laughs> I think the, pro- the problem is that there's no natural predator for the snakes, right? There's too many snakes because there's nothing to eat them. I think we should introduce a snake eater, like possibly, and we're just spitballing here, the nutria. Uh-huh. Wait. Wait, is that like a mongoose? <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's an animal it's, that there's too much of. It's like a giant rat or something, right? Yeah, it's like a giant rat. Okay. Here's my thing. Okay. Here's what we should do with all the things in the Everglades. Leave them the fuck alone. <laughs> oh. I, I think it takes a strong amount of human hubris to walk into a place like the Everglades and go, I've got some cleaning up to do around here. <laughs> I'm shutting this town down. Somebody give me a two by four to carry around menacingly. I, I don't I don't want to de- derail this whole program, but I feel like Emily probably thought Emily the park ranger probably thought she got like a really plum gig. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but little did she know how much time she would have to spend spend explaining to people, no, we're not famous. <laughs> no, this isn't a thing. Yeah. Don't no, just look at the canyon. You don't have Sorry, to Emily. you don't have to look at them. Yeah. They're nothing. <laughs> they just came. We didn't invite like, them. That so, guy that guy looks familiar. Is that guy anything? Well he was I on know. a CISO show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you heard of CISO? Well what about no? that guy? No, you're thinking of Boy George with a giant beard. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, what should we do with all the snakes in the Everglades? We got that done. Yeah, we okay. If you were an an- if you were to anthropomorphize all national parks, which one would have the best podcast, and what would it be about? <laughs> wow, that is an extraordinarily complicated and hypothetical I think question. It would be Jimmy Badlands. I'm honestly, personally, I'm better on science topics uh-huh. <laughs> as an as an, a science expert. You know. Uh huh. Well, if you were going to anthropomorphize a scientist, which one which should have a podcast? Well, the, the, we have had some conversations at Maximum Fun with Glacier National Park, but the pilot moves a little slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Thank it. I'm going to say Jimmy Badlands. That dude, dude has seen some shit. That, that's a true crime podcast, right? Yeah. Jimmy Badlands? Yeah. It starts off that way, but then it just becomes about baking recipes. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> Wow, that's yeah, a real curveball. It, yeah. It's real good. I think that mine would be the Mount St. Helens podcast, mm-hmm. which essentially would just be the disaster artist, but it would just be like, this is what happens when you have too much hubris. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's one of those <laughs> things where you follow it for a long time, and you're like, is this ever going to blow up? <laughs> Sorry. These were all good. Yeah, we did a really good yeah, job good with that Yeah, good job, bad team. <laughs> Throw that one into the canyon. You know what? We should be... <laughs> We you should, know, like a like it will forever bed. at the bottom of the canyon, where no one but donkeys will find it. We should be we should become actual professional entertainers, but then Emily would be out of a job. <laughs> okay, how does the Grand Canyon compare to other canyons you've been to? It's bigger. <laughs> That's, I mean, Travis got in one. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a good summary. <laughs> Can I tell you something surprising about Grand Canyon? It smells really good here. Yeah, it does smell nice. I don't know what I was expecting. I guess I was expecting it just be littered with corpses. <laughs> Mostly of bears. Don't. Mostly bear corpses. But it just smells fine. It smells great. And they deserve it. They hate my honey. <laughs> they did. They did eat your Please honey. And I'm sorry about that. do not kill bears, even if they eat your honey. No. 
It was their honey all along. It was That's their honey true. all along. You actually took <laughs> their honey. I'm Every not bit religious. of honey you eat is a bear's honey. Danielle, I'm not religious, but I am spiritual. And if there's one thing <laughs> sure. I believe, it was the bear's honey all <laughs> along. <laughs> That's, That's why, why we got you all those fruits. crystals at the at the, yeah. at the <laughs> Plus, I got that University of the Bahamas moose. <laughs> okay. I'm so ashy. It's so upsetting. <laughs> what do National Park Rangers do all day? Well... Having had a brother, uh, number one, I've had, I have a brother-in-law who was a national park ranger. Uh-huh. Would you call him your ranger? Yeah, I'm talking about Max, my ranger. <laughs> sure, thank you. And uh, and of course, we know Emily very well. So uh-huh. so far, just from what I've seen, yeah, right, just to take a slice out of it. From what I can tell, what a forest ranger, a national park ranger, does all day is watch four idiots from podcasting (laughs) talk about nonsense for a while, and then they go away, and you breathe a sigh of relief and get back to your job. I mean, it's not just that. I mean, there's a lot of, like, emotional labor. For example, she has to come to terms with the fact that she has to do this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, She has to deal with the idea that these people are being paid to do this. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. I uh, One time I thought it would be fun to go camping by myself, and I'll fast forward to tell you that it was not, and I ended up calling my brothers and making them come stay with me. But <laughs> as I drove to my campsite, the park ranger saw me coming a mile away and, like, followed me to the campsite and was like, hey, because I was carrying, like, two 12-packs of beer. And the, and the park ranger was like, hey, you can, this is a state forest. You can't have that. You have to dump it out. And I was like, oh, no. And he was so cool and said, is there anybody nearby you could, like, go drop it off with? And I was like, no. And he was like, well, then you got to dump it out. And I was like, okay, what if, what if I don't dump it out? And he's like, then you have to pay a fine, and then you have to dump it out. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool, I'll dump it out. And so I dumped out 24 bottles of beer into the ground, and then that night uh, opened my tent to see a very drunk raccoon. Oh, wow. <laughs> so wait, so I'm just, I'm just awesome. pulling, I want to pull out a few threads of this story. So sure. you were going camping by yourself. Yes. And you were bringing two 12-packs of beer? <laughs> well, I was going to Are be there for certain? quite a while. Here's, here's like a, here's like a my vision question. quest, Jesse. <laughs> here's my question. Are you sure that was a park ranger and not your sponsor? <laughs> well, the thing is, is what it was was I have a really hard time making decisions. Uh-huh. So I, I saw two different kinds of beer, and I was like, I don't know. And so I just thought I'd mix and match. I'd take some home. I wasn't far from home. I was going to take some of it home. Hey, you're not my dad. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I work with your dad. That's so. true. But what that park ranger didn't know is I had a bottle of bourbon in my pillowcase. So uh-huh. it was still a party weekend. Man, he must look but he you must slept feel like an idiot. I slept so badly. I should have brought a pillow. <laughs> yeah. Now, now this this might seem crazy, but you should listen to me anyway. What do you think the uh, the chances are that raccoon was actually the park ranger in disguise? Oh, <laughs> no! <laughs> I did possible, learn that right? night. Uh, raccoons, speaking of animals you could fight in the forest, uh-huh. you look at a raccoon and you think, I'm far bigger than that raccoon. Uh-huh. And so yeah. I, opened my, I opened the zipper, I looked at the raccoon, and I like made myself big, like ah, and like pointed the flashlight at it. The raccoon looked at me and went back to what it was doing, <laughs> as if to say, "Yeah, all right, okay, buddy." Just, no, I just... played Mario. Tanukis are like raccoons; they're big and they fly. I'm done with it. Because what if you looked at that raccoon and you were like, "Ah, I can take you," and then all of a sudden he flipped his tail up and was like, "Wah wah 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 wah." That like would a, be terrifying. Like Travis, a furry helicopter. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure what actually happened is the raccoon looked at you. It went. <laughs> <laughs> and then the top of its hat flew up. And he did start thinking how dry I am. And... Yeah. Okay, what do National Park Rangers do all day? Enjoy podcasts. Why do we have National Parks? Um, well, it is because Teddy Roosevelt 
Um, was end. mad that there was too many bathrooms well, around. Listen, <laughs> we here in we here in the U.S. of A. Right. Uh, take beautiful, unspoiled Hold on. country. And anyways, we ruin it. That's <laughs> what I was going to say. Oh, okay. We take unspoiled country and we ruin it. That is true. So we had to establish these beautiful places so that people didn't come in and build McDonald's and Starbucks in the middle of the Grand Canyon. Here's anyways. the thing about the Grand Canyon that, that I was thinking about as I was looking out over it. I was thinking, first of all, this is one of the most breathtaking things I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Second of all, I don't like that I feel like it's making me confront my own mortality. Uh-huh. That was the second thought. My third thought was, like, thank God they protected this amazing place. Like, what a spectacular, amazing gift from the creator to the world. But don't, right? you, don't you think it would be a little better if we could, like, ride a cool zip line to the <laughs> bottom? Well, here's the thing. While here's drinking the thing. Mountain Dew and throwing our cans <laughs> wherever we want. My, my next thought, and my next and final thought was... Yeah, I mean, it's cool that they protected this, but, like, what else were they going to do with it? <laughs> um, they would do like they did in Washington State, and they would take the gorge and make it into an amphitheater. So anytime you wanted to go to either a summer jam where you could see Brian McKnight get buck-ass naked underneath... Um... Wait, hold up! <laughs> <laughs> what? Did um, you say common? <laughs> Let's talk about Let me take it back to Summer Jam. <laughs> Side note, though, what could you do with it? Giant ball pit. Go on. Yes. But yeah, so the, so um, a lot of people have, like, underneath that thing, they've taken off their clothes and been like, oh, I'm sexy, and then put new clothes on. Uh-huh. And then also, I have seen many, many bands in front of, um, not quite like this, but also pristine vistas, um, look at me and go like, are you ready? Ooh, ah, and I think that that's what you could do here. You could just put up an ooh, Wait, ah, more station. than one mm. band did? Are you there ready? There was a couple oh, different ah. disturbed cover bands playing that song. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Everybody, oh, no. you know, when you think uh, about it, uh, aren't we down all with down the with the sickness? <laughs> all day. Uh, and you know the rest of the lyrics. Like, yeah. just anyone. You can have, like, the corn cage. I feel like look, I, I'm going to set the corn cage up over there on that vista. Over there is where we're going to have... Um, um, the Dragula set. Oh, <laughs> um, sure, yeah. I have a lot of metal plans for this. I'll tell you the Idiot. thing. The thing that I'm, I'm, and I actually think there is one of these somewhere in this giant uh, hole is America's beautiful butt crack. There's somewhere. But my favorite thing slash least favorite thing that human beings do when there's beautiful things like this is they build like glass bridges and glass walkways, and then like you read about them like. Cracking, cracking, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, humans. What did you think you were doing? Ah, yeah. uh, here's what we're gonna do: put a glass thing out over a giant pit, and then you stand on it. Uh, no, no, <laughs> great. Don't worry about the it. The only thing that happened in the meeting was like somebody was like, "Should we build it out of glass?" And the other guy's like, "You're right. We should build it out of pure hubris, <laughs> <laughs> out of dreams and wishes." <laughs> He's walk out there believing it'll be fine. Have you ever wanted to tell nature to suck it? Yeah. Well, now you can for $20. I was driving up here. I was frustrated. The cell service isn't great here at the Grand Game. How am I supposed to post my grams? Travis, Travis had, had the classic problem. This is something that happens. Like, I mean, a lot of people accuse us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of people accuse us of being kind of like coastal elitists. But the truth is, man, Travis lives in Cincinnati. He's just a regular down-to-earth Joe. And he was having a hard time texting his assistant to post his podcast you for know, him. It's hard out there, and I couldn't get bars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was trying to walk her through Libsyn. Don't now, worry about it. Now, here's a really good question. How does a regular park become a national park? My first thought is Daniel has to lose a virginity there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, That's I, step one. It's Look, 
when two parks love each other very uh-huh. much. <laughs> well, and, and then I am there with a tall, awkward Panamanian boy. Yeah. <laughs> we, you know, I remember when this was just uh, just a regular park. And they were trying to get him into a national park, and they said, "Oh, we don't know." And so then all the park rangers came out here and dug a big hole in the ground. Right. And they were like, "Ooh, la la! Now we got something." So yeah. I think you just gotta find what's your special thing that your park. And maybe it's like we tore all the trees out and just put in these weird Susian trees, and now it's Joshua Tree. Yeah. You know, and like you just gotta find what's your thing. Look at this land. Oh, it's okay. No, it's super bad land. Ooh, <laughs> what's so bad about it? Ton of parking tickets. Also, it, it helps if like you. Have have like an animal that you go to and you can be like, hey, do you need some seashells in exchange for my coconuts? And then you will help me build a tent that is um, that is shaped like Luigi's head. Wait, <laughs> hold on. What's this scenario? Do uh, you talk to an yes, animal? It's okay. always Animal Crossing. Oh, okay. Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. Well, what, 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 what's the scenario? Animal Crossing, always. Oh, okay. Can we? Can... I didn't know that was the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah. It's always Animal Crossing. What's the scenario? Camp. Animal Crossing. My my expertise is in Starman Farm game, uh, so I don't know any. I don't. I don't based get your of, animal. Okay, based I was thinking Meteor Man. Sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah, based on the movie Meteor Man, which itself was based on the novel Push by satire. <laughs> by Sapphire. Satire. Oh, boy. oh, now here's a good. This is a really good question. What gear should someone bring when they're visiting a national? Oh, Four yeah, microphones, a- three cameras. <laughs> It's kind of a life hack, right? Yeah, this is a total life hack. This is a quick uh, suggestion. I don't know if this was clear from those watching. Gloves. Yeah. Gloves is a good idea. A little chilly. Gotta keep it warm down in my bits. Yeah. I kind of feel like my first thought is like, call me, this might be crazy, but like a house. <laughs> like, a nice, like a nice house. Not like a... Not like a distastefully, like not like, like a, a grand, tiny house. Not like a grand piano in the entrance way, mm-hmm. kind of yeah, like okay. McMansion type house. Like a nice, like a maybe a Victorian, maybe oh, one of the yeah, painted yeah, yeah, ladies. Yeah. Like definitely an indoor toilet, right? No. <laughs> Several indoor toilets. Wow. <laughs> because what if you have to pee and then you got a six-year-old and a four-year-old and they have to pee and it's a whole I, thing. I would also and then say, what if you have a whole podcast audience and they're like, well, why are we here if I can't pee? Yeah. I would say also like maybe your cool Razor scooter if you want to do some sweet flips and tricks off of the rails. <laughs> Dude. Right? Oh, we could do some sweet raised tricks. Oh, my God. I can't even believe that we would I didn't be bring flipping, my sweet razor scooter. We'd be flipping wild, dude. Uh, maybe a parachute. Oh, Ooh, if we brought our segways, we could plumb it to our death. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's real that's or thing. an urban legend. And we deserve it because much like the builders of glass bridges, we would have tried to play God. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. If God had meant us to ride around on a segway, he would have invented them. You know a little something about theme. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> How's that treating you, buddy? Well... It's constricting my head, so <laughs> around the edges of my vision, it's a little blurry, but that's okay, right? If you're at home and you haven't seen a, a picture of Stuart before, the man is a silver fox. There's no doubt about it. And what is most impressive to me about you, Stuart, uh-huh, yeah. n- besides, of course, your charm, bonhomie, mm-hmm. your, uh, your- Mild amount of success in the bar industry. <laughs> yes, and in the podcast industry, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, is the fact that you know, you make that hat look good, baby. That, I have never seen Stuart wear anything and thought, I mean, he's not pulling it off. I know. Give me a break, Stu. Also, I did have a bunch of the tights and fightsers ask me to confirm um, 
the sexiness of your voice. <laughs> they were like, hey, how sexy is his voice? And I was like, I'll tell you guys tomorrow. Why would you need to meet him to confirm that? <laughs> Why can't you know, live, you can listen to the podcast? It was sexy only in person. 10 years Danielle doesn't really recording. listen to podcasts. <laughs> I'm sorry, what's a, what's a podcast? It's, and can you confirm for us if Travis's voice is weird in real life? <laughs> Does it sound like he swallowed some gravel? I, Look, I just shout about wrestling into the wind and someone my catches older it brother in a jar. Said to me once. My older brother said, sounds like he swallowed gravel and got stuck halfway through. And he meant it as a compliment. Oh, I love oh, my brothers. that's nice. I, the thing about the thing that uh, upsets me, uh, Stu, uh-huh. is yeah. I feel like like look, we both have pretty we both have pretty good radio voices, you know. Yeah, sure, yeah, sure. We both sound pretty good on the air, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. What are we doing a victory I lap feel, now? No, I feel like <laughs> I feel like you're setting unreasonable expectations for the correlation between having a nice radio voice and being good looking. Oh, uh, okay. Because. Uh, you can tell when you're a radio personality and you meet somebody for the first time and, like, shake their hands. They're uh-huh. part of them. They're like, well, I've enjoyed your work, you know, or whatever. And then there's this, there's this other part of them that's like, oh, hmm, that's it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's all. That's all that's there. Nobody meets me and is like, man, you're way better looking than I expected. <laughs> I mean, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> But you have a presence about you, Jesse. That's oh, what thank we're, you. and that's why we're all here is to tell Jesse that he's actually pretty good looking. A, pre- right? a presence thank that makes you people very think. much. There we go. <laughs> thank you. A presence that makes people say, "I don't want to bother him." <laughs> he seems, he seems busy. Thank, thank goodness, I flew twenty people to the Grand Canyon. It all worked out just as I hoped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now they're allowed to go home. We got one last question. Wait, I, I can I tell you about this guy that I saw this morning? Yes, please. I just I like I feel like you go to America's national parks, you really get in touch with just the broad spectrum of humanity that exists here in this country and across the world. Yeah. Um, this morning I saw a guy who was wearing... Jesse, just make sure he's not here, right? Okay, like look around. No, okay. now talk about <laughs> guys with presents. This guy okay. had presents. Uh, he I would Santa say <laughs> he looked like I'm a dad. He, he looked like oh god, he looked like a like a middle aged Orson Welles, like neither a young Orson Welles nor an old Orson cool. Welles. Um, he was wearing Nike Air Monarchs, which are like the epi- the epitome of dad shoes. That's like what fashion yeah. it girl Alexa Chung would wear, uh, ironically, to emphasize her normcore aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was of wearing, course, a reference we all understand. <laughs> uh, light, light gray sweatpants. Uh, and I want to, I want to clarify. Like when I say he looked like a middle-aged Orson Welles, pretty good-looking guy, totally captivating to look at. Like immense presence on this fellow. Uh, light gray sweatpants. Um, a giant, like a four-inch thick polar fleece, like the biggest, most enormous polar fleece pullover I've ever seen in my life in forest green, and a white pith helmet. Wait! <laughs> oh wow! Whoa! Whoa. A, an you actual white pith left. helmet. What? Where was this? <laughs> now I know what you're saying, Jesse. Are you sure you didn't see uh, the f- Livingston, the famous African <laughs> explorer? No. Where was this? This was at the at the like uh, coffee shop slash gift shop. Yes, in the small town that's next to the Grand Canyon. Yes, yes, yes. It was amazing. Oh man, all I saw was like old dudes naked in the hot tub last night. Wait, they went they went all the way. 
Yeah, they were super naked. They were. In, <sighs> thank you. Some of the they were super naked in the hot tub last night at the hotel that we're at. That's awesome. Yeah, is it? You know, they have different cultures in different places. You know. <laughs> Somewhere, sometimes you shit your pants out of respect. Sometimes. <laughs> and all they did was like, and, and that was another place. Where I've been catching up on local hot goss this entire weekend. For reals? I, I also got some hot gossip from the guys who were in the hot tub. What other? Okay, so well, <laughs> let's get into, let's spill the tea, baby. Okay, so the first hot goss that I saw when we were, um, when I was getting ready to leave and there was a bunch of the dudes in the um, thing was that there is a receptionist named Nicole. Uh-huh. I thought that was the end of it. And you know, and you you cannot trust Nicole. Oh, oh shit. Um, apparently, call this info. Apparently she does not work hard and if your if the lady you're seeing that's not your wife calls, Nicole will not cover you with your wife. Okay, Whoa. wait, so this wow. is not a receptionist at the hotel. No, 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 no. No, no, this like, is her. Wherever, this wherever they're from and on vacation to, they were like, yeah, no, like if, if, if your lady friend who is not your wife calls, Nicole will not cover for you. The code at the hotel, by the way, is ask for room 69. <laughs> <laughs> it's bulletproof. Gang, gang, gang. Um, and then the second hot goss I heard, you guys heard this, yes. um, was when we went to um, we went to go get lunch today. And we went to this, like, we went to a, so we're, we're staying in a kind of sad strip mall town that's the one that's closest to the Grand Canyon. Then further down the road, there's like a, uh, there's like a, a Route 66 hanging on by its fingernails town. Yeah. Beautifully uh, kitschy. That oh, is kind wonderful. of fun. Highly yeah, recommend. Kind of fun. Kind of liked it. Um, and yeah, the whole town has chosen an aesthetic, and they're like, yes, this is us. And We're doing it. Committing. We, we went to a little, like, secondhand and thrift store where the woman who runs it, uh, the woman who runs it specializes in uh, rec- in period costume making, specifically Renaissance, which for which there is a ton of call in that town, like, and Victorian. It's really that town of five hundred <laughs> tops. Uh, definitely needs a lot of frocks. Um, and then the husband specializes in uh, knowing how far away from places his place is. Quick draw, <laughs> quick draw contests and bullwhip training. And bullwhip training. Bull These whip. are the two it's, things. It's advertised on the door. Like, do you need bullwhip training? Need is a weird word to put there. And we're like, <laughs> the word need is doing a lot of work. Yeah. We're like, what is this place? So we and and it's like a um, you know, it's like a non-charitable thrift store. And but there's almost there's almost no products for sale in the store, and uh, so he's like, you know, where oh where you're from? He wants to talk to us. Travis immediately turned tail and ran. I do not care for small talk. <laughs> yeah, and then he was dragged do. back by a bullwhip. That's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Well, it was after this exchange. Oh, where from Ohio? Him asking me, where in Ohio are you from? Me, Cincinnati. Him. Oh, I was born in Akron. End of conversation. You know why the conversation like, ended? Because I left. You, because you've turned around and ran out the door. There was nothing in that store for me. So I, we're thinking, like, I'm like, you know, when you're when you're someplace and you feel like, I feel like when you say you're from L.A., people are like, oh yeah, L.A., huh? Blah 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 blah. Right. So I'm like, L.A., and he's like, what part? And I'm like, uh, Northeast L.A., Mount Washington, whatever. Dan- Danielle explained where she was from in L.A., and he goes, yeah, well, we're both ex-LAPD, so we know. We're like, wait, what? <laughs> 
<laughs> like, what weird place are we in? But what what was the what was the tea that they that they spilled? So for after you? everyone else had left, I was sitting there being polite and listening, and she was like giving me things, and she was like, "Hey, Wait, hold on, what did she give you?" She was giving me like coupons and oh, things. Oh, she that gave me so many yeah. coupons. Yeah, and like maps and like stuff. She was trying to be really really nice, and every all the dudes had left, but of course I'm doing the fucking emotional labor because I'm a woman, and so <laughs> I'm talking. The, the whole time you're talking to her, you can just see the sign behind her shoulder that says uh, police lives matter <laughs> you're like okay okay yeah, right. it's gonna be fine it's gonna be fine and so we're talking and and the dudes had left and she's like well have you eaten yet and i was just like no even though we had because i was like deer cotton headlights <laughs> and so she's like okay well you know what you can eat anywhere in this town except the- for jessica's don't eat it jessica's <laughs> it's trash and I was like, oh, what? Okay. It was very specific, and she was very angry Did about it. Did you clarify that Jessica's is a place of business and not a woman's house? Yes. She, yeah. <laughs> she was like, do not eat it. Don't, don't eat at Jessica's family restaurant. Because <laughs> if you eat there. She thinks just because she is secretary of the JCs, <laughs> she can. <laughs> she was so mad. And, and I was like, oh. How come? And she was like, you know what? Every restaurant here is like one of the best restaurants in Arizona. And I just feel like if you could eat a really good restaurant, why would you want to eat Jessica's food? I was like, okay, wow. I got to go. <laughs> um, I keep it's getting distracted because to everybody. our right is maybe the most beautiful sunset thing I've ever seen in my entire ever life. Yeah. In my entire life. <laughs> like to the point where once again, feels fake. This feels staged. Like, I keep getting oh, distracted. They want to make a, yeah. a weird podcast filming thing. Let's be at our best. Okay, final question before the sun goes down in a, in a true crescendo to this spectacularly choreographed piece de resistance <laughs> performance. Does anyone live in national parks or national forests? I can only assume that, uh, that mole people live in the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Because they, are you suggesting that the Grand Canyon is so deep that it goes deep enough under the earth to have disturbed the homes of the mole people? Or the magmen, the lava men that live in the Earth's center. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's reasonable to yeah, assume. That's, just, that's 101. <laughs> yeah. Is this a concern at all, sunburn? Wait, for me right now? No, because for the, the molemen. Oh, yeah, oh. of course it is. That's why they cover themselves in a nice coating of mud like like our pig friends did at the petting oh, zoo. Oh, that's smart. Um, they cover themselves in mud so that the uh, the sun doesn't burn their tender You flesh. know what? A lot of people say a lot of terrible things about molemen. Yep. But they're people, too. Mole I mean, it's I mean, in the they're title. They're grotesquely <laughs> shrunken, shriveled, sort of bent over. They don't have eyesight, of no, course. No, That's... There's a lot of problems with mole people, but, you know, they're just out there doing their thing. They're working on it. As I like to say. Live and let live underground. Yeah, exactly. I don't trust them. There, I said it. (laughs) (laughs) And I I can say that because my cousin's a mole man. (laughs) I think the only people that are living down there are the people who went down in donkeys and was like, I'm done. There has to be. They were like, oh, I have to go back up. No, I live here now. There have to be <laughs> This people, is my home. Right? Because this is like a stair step. Right? It's not a sheer drop. There's like different. There have to be people that like slowly started like making their way down and then looked up and were like, oh, damn. <laughs> they were just at the bottom. And they couldn't get back up. Yeah, yeah. I'm not doing this anymore. Um, right? There's a river down there. So at some point, right, if you walked along it, I don't know a lot about gravity in rivers. <laughs> okay. But at some point, there's got to be a point where. It's just level out, right, the rest of the way as you just keep going, right? Or it so falls you could... off into a hole into the center of the earth. Yeah. It's one of those two. <laughs> or straight to China. 
<laughs> yep. I mean, it depends on which cartoons you believe in. <laughs> All of them. Uh, Glenn Danzig lives in a national park, uh, although it's just because uh, Barack Obama made his house a national park. <laughs> just his? Yeah, just Danzig's house. Well, a little bit of the neighbor's yard, but that's like a zoning thing. Uh-huh. It, does, it just it, depends on where you're... Are we talking about where the fence is? Or yeah, where, yeah, exactly. His it's house like the does property look line, just like the fence, and then you have to deal with adverse possession. Mm-hmm. Like, I've heard uh, that if you, walk an, if you walk in a certain place in this little circle that we're inhabiting, you will end up in Danzig's yard. Or you'll summon <laughs> Danzig. <laughs> oh, no, you turned the wrong way too many times. It's just like a dude rolling his eyes like, ugh. Uh, again. And when you summon Danzig, he gets in his car and he drives here. Did you need me? you turned around three times. Anytime you turn around three times anywhere, Danzig feels it and, it, and like is driven by his driver to get here. If you walk long enough in a circle, you'll end up in Danzig's yard, is uh-huh. what they call Angelino's Law. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first thing they teach you when you move to Los Angeles. I am so cold. Yeah. And I'm, but I'm also so grateful to be here. This is me wrapping it up. I just took the show Thanks, into Travis. my own hands. Hey, Thanks, thank Travis. you everybody for coming out. Sun's going down. We're losing the light, losing the magic. Um, it's so, truly bye. spectacular. Uh, I I want to thank uh, all of the Max Fund supporters who came all the way out here to the Grand Canyon to be here with us. Thank you, thank you all thank very you. much. Yay! And I want to thank all the Max Fund supporters at home who made this trip possible. Uh, thank when you. I had that dumb idea <laughs> that I accidentally said out loud. <laughs> and also, I, I want to say thank you. I assume if you're listening to this or watching this, you are a Max Fund donor. Uh, so just thank you, especially if you're a new new donor or upgrading donor this year for the Max Fund Drive. You are great, um, and tell all your friends about how wonderful this this, uh, this video was, and that it's totally worth it to go become a donor. And I want to thank, uh, given that I think donors are going to be listening to this, our most beloved donor, Glenn. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Good night. The dancing. Yeah. Good dancing to all. Good dancing. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.